This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. Listeners, we've got a question here that may be sensitive to some of the younger listeners, so just a heads up for that. Here is our question for today, Michael. What pronoun should I use for my transgender friends? Let's deal with this from a big picture perspective first. Because whenever we deal with this issue, whether it's homosexuality, transgender, LGBTQ, doesn't matter, race, et cetera, um, they're super heated. And we're used Mm -hmm. to this. Mm -hmm. This is um, part of our our decision is to walk into this stuff and and be okay with it. And um, some people like our answers, some people don't. And at the very least, if we can help people think more biblically and uh, apply biblical principles to very difficult circumstances, happy to do it. But there's a transference. Um, so, for example, if um, I believe, like, you, you may hear what I think on this issue and then transfer a whole bunch of ideologies to me. That on may other not issues. be accurate. Right. And so, this is, this is one of these scenarios where every single question has to be answered with nuances that only apply to this, this question. question. So if you're asking me, what about transgendered Christians in churches, transgendered membership? Those are actually, they're all categorically different questions. Even mm-hmm. though they they apply to a common group of people, every nuance, because these are such nuanced questions, they're just very, my answers are going to be very different. So I would just ask people in behalf of Tim and myself, don't assume we believe anything based on the answers we give. So I'll give kind of my two cents sure. on this one. You give your two cents on it. Yep. We'll debate, and um, <laughs> it'll be grand. It'll be fun. Okay. Depends on where we're, we're at, whether yeah. this is going to be a heated debate or it's going to be a subtle debate. We'll see. Yeah. Now, the person who asked the question didn't clarify whether or not the person was a Christian or non-Christian. So, let's go with non-Christian for to start. Yeah, let's assume let's, let's that go there. at the beginning. Even though there's a whole bunch of trans people who are trying to figure out their faith, uh, there are churches um, that I would say minister to and accept trans people. There, there sure. are— conservative churches that minister to trans people. So, like, there are trans Christians. I went to a funeral, actually, uh, and the whole service was a trans community from downtown. Okay. It was the the person who had passed away was the father of one of our church members, and there's a whole bunch of us there. And Mm. almost everybody there was um, a man who was uh, trans, Mm. but most of them were heterosexual. So that was interesting. So, like, the Mm. guy who Mm -hmm. had passed away, he had a wife and kids, but he was trans. His inner person um, was a woman, even though—so he would actually identify as homosexual because he viewed himself as a woman, even though biologically he was a man. But he was a self-identified woman who married a woman but had kids. Uh, Biology was irrespective of his sexual identification. So you cannot conclude a lot. But I went to this funeral service, and, um, I mean, the whole gospel was so clearly proclaimed— and yet, at the same time, this pastor was pro the whole LGBTQ movement. Oh. So it was a very okay. confusing service, to say the least. So you have a non-Christian uh, friend, they're trans, etc. Let's say biologically, it's a male. Hey, my name is Sarah. You can call me by the pronouns they, them, and theirs. Mm. Okay. So here's kind of where I'm at on this. I truthfully, and I don't want you to read too far into this, I don't care what I call you. Mm. Like, my identity isn't shaken. Like, if I met you, Tim, and you said to me, call me Dave. Call you Dave. (laughs) You know? So, I actually just met a guy about three weeks ago, 
I can't say his name, but um, I mean, I can't, but I'm not going to. Not going to. So let's say his name is uh, David Perez, right? And uh, and he says to me, oh, but call me Jason. And I'm uh, like, what? Uh-huh, <laughs> and he's uh-huh. like, oh, yeah, it was just the name I got as a kid and mm-hmm. always stuck with me. And I'm like, okay, I'll call him Jason. Now, it's not who he is. There's no biological reference point to Jason. There's sure. no legal reference point to Jason. Uh-huh. But Jason says, call, uh, David Perez says, call me Jason. So I'm going to call him Jason. Okay, uh-huh. if that's what you want to be called by, I, I don't care. And so I think by and large, uh, I'll just call somebody what they want me to call them. And I would give anybody that respect. So I have no desire to provoke and poke it. Like, I'm not interested in fighting, you know? Just to give you, like, an illustration of how sensitive this is, uh, this is maybe just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, I was downtown, uh, and uh, we were in a building uh, with a bunch of restaurants inside of it, and the paths were very narrow. Um, But I had a double stroller. Oh, okay. And uh, so I'm walking, and there's this um, biological male who's at least 6'5", very not a small person. And uh, I can't get through, and I said, excuse me. And uh, I, th- I actually thought it was just a tall woman because uh-huh. it was obviously a transgender person. Okay. So this person looks over and says, what did you call me? <laughs> and I was like, I, I didn't say, I, I said, all I said was, excuse me. <laughs> like, that's it. You yeah. Know? Oh. And then turns around. I'm like, this dude is ready for a fight. You uh-huh, know, but uh-huh. he was offended that, or I don't know, I don't know how they would self-identify as or whatever, but this person was identified that I would reference them as a man. Right uh-huh. uh, when they were clearly, clearly dressed, dressed as, a as a woman, yeah, and uh, just the energy and the anger, yeah. and I don't know about you, but I got a lot going on in my life, and I'm not really interested in poking the bear and starting a fight with somebody sure. when I honestly like when I look at all the challenges that they're dealing with. This is kind of the tip of the iceberg, but it's not the the base it's, of the it's iceberg. Not the base. I mean, from my personal perspective, you are not who you call yourself. Yes. I, I mean, I do this, I'm sure. Like, mm-hmm. I probably have identity in things that I just am not. I am way bigger <laughs> than that, way more than that. And I'm not interested in fighting with somebody yeah. about it. So if somebody comes up to me and says, call me they, call me whatever, and this is actually, there's at least one person in my life who um, who we are restricted by the names we can call them and whatnot, uh-huh. and I'm not going to make an issue of it. Now, if, they're, if they are a Christian... I don't know that my posture is going to change that much. Other things will change. The nature of the dialogues will change. Hopefully, a very gracious, kind attitude would be the foundation of everything, Mm -hmm. and love would bind us together. That may be confusing for people to hear from me, knowing how probably conservative I am on most issues. But what I do know is that identity is never dismantled the moment that you trust in Christ. And so learning to walk through life with people whose identities are all jacked up all over the board, whether it's sexual identity, work identity, uh, you name it, the list goes on Mm -hmm. and on, gender Mm -hmm. identity. So I just find myself being probably a little bit more patient. And um, I do understand, like, there's this sentiment of, uh, I'm not going to let your, this is how it gets framed, Mm -hmm. um, uh, not even just the Christian community. I've heard this in the the political, religious, right kind of side of things. I'm not going to let your internal brokenness define my reality and mm. control my vocabulary. I like that. Yeah, because you got to flavor that as a Christian. You got to flavor that with love and and respect. You don't want to intentionally incite a riot. The problem is at my age and stage of life. I don't deal with a lot of transgenders. I, I have in the past. We live in the white suburbia evangelical. Bubble. And the reality is. You know, I deal with other people that want to be identified as something that they're not. And uh, my patience, internal patience, is pretty, pretty small because it's like, okay, no, you're not that. And you're, you're wanting to force me to uh, agree that you're something that you're not. 
I don't have a whole lot of patience with that, you know, and, you know, it, it could be as something as simple as, you know, somebody thinks that they're a great musician and it's like, no, you're not, you know, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to feed that wrong assumption. You're not a great musician. And I'm just being very transparent and very honest. But I, again, I, I want to back up and say, I'm not going to intentionally insult them. To not call them by what they ask you to call them, yeah. they would say is intentionally insulting yes, them because I'm sure you're, it would be. you're intentionally choosing something that you know will insult them. Yes. Yeah. And I could see that they would, you know, they would say that at me and it's like, but you know what, you're, you're biologically a male or you're biologically a female. And, you know, you want me to identify you as the opposite gender or a neutral gender, plural, you're not a they, you know, and I'm not a they. And it's, it's the, it's the old adage that, you know, sometimes, you know, people, uh, talk about themselves in the plurality. Well, we decided to do this and we decided to do that. Well, you who, you and the mouse in your pocket? No, you're, you, you decided this or I decided this. It's not we or not they. You're a one. You're not a plural. We use the pronoun they, though, as singular. Uh, sometimes. Uh, what did they want? Yeah, what did they want? Yeah. Jim yeah. wanted yeah. tacos. I, I, I can see that. Should we talk to them? Mm-hmm. And the the question though would be so if you if your neighbor was biologically a male, let's say it was your next door neighbor, mm. but said no, refer to me as she, and my name is Sarah. Yeah. Even though his birth legal name is Jim, mm -hmm. just making mm -hmm. up a Jim. I don't mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Would you call Jim Sarah and refer to him as she? I don't think I could go to the feminine pronoun, but if they wanted to be referred to as Sarah, I, I could call her, call him Sarah. I have friends that, um, you know, their, bio, their name on their birth certificate is something mm -hmm. and they go by a nickname. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, I can, I can use that nickname or I can use that other name that they go by. And it's like, I, I have no problem with that. But to, to agree with an improper gender pronoun, I, I struggle with that. Yep. So look, can I get above the question and talk about one of the major differences between how you would approach it and how I would approach sure. it? And I think this is valuable for our audience to hear. So you are 20 years older than me, right? 20 years older than okay. you, yes. So if we had an 18-year-old in the room, we'd be having the probably same having discussion a, yeah. with them. And, so like, and it let's would be just, a different answer that they would give probably. So every generation has a unique we'll call it cultural conscience that applies to them. So mm -hmm. there are value systems bound up in every generation, right? Agreed. For example, my my brain was formulated around 9-11, the 90s. Different, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Those were like, yep. like critical points for my life and MTV and sexual liberalism. And so yep. there, are, there are things that are, they're not conscience points for me like they would be for you. Now, if we had somebody in this room that was 78 years old, right? Yep. They have very different conscience points. Sure. Like these, these yep. things that if you mess with them, right? And so it's not unusual that the older somebody is when it comes down to legal names, gender, et cetera. The whole movement of separating gender from sex started in like the 50s and 60s. Mm -hmm. like this is not – this is a very new – 
historical cultural phenomenon, but it didn't really take root until the last 20 years, That's right? right. And so, like, everything you grew up in, right, this whole movement is violating your entire sense of reality. Absolutely it is. So, for me, though, I'm 38, and um, my reality kind of had to shift, right? My whole generation, uh, it's very broad, and so there just weren't a lot of rules. So, like, there aren't a lot of things that we latch onto as cultural conscience points, Mm -hmm. right? Now, if I'm 18 years old, the opposite is happening. So, from, like, three generations, right? Um, so for me, I, I can look at this and I can say, all right, uh, if you want to be called they, them, and theirs or whatever, I don't care. It's not a cultural conscience point for me. But now we go to the next generation, and for them, the answer to this is very easy. Yeah, the answer yeah, is, it is, well, of course, I'll call them whatever they want to call them. For me, I'm like internally, I'm like, I'm a little torn, but I'll do it, whatever. For you, you're you're massively torn because, again, your whole sense of reality, yes. somebody is imposing a new sense of reality and saying, um, now bend the knee to me. And you yeah. also come from a respect generation. So yep. when a younger person looks at an older person and says, you change your entire yeah, view you of reality. you respect me. And acquiesce. Yes. And it's like, well, wait a well, minute. You have to earn that respect. Correct. And uh, that I don't think in those categories. Yeah, and that's and that's the way yeah. my generation thinks. Correct. Hey, you want respect? Earn your respect. Earn so, the respect. And, and, and I'll be more than happy to give it to you. Right. But don't demand respect without understanding where we're walking at here. Yeah. So if I'm 18 years old, though, um, that is... Um, Prideful. Sure. And I'm sure it could come across that way. So it's interesting. I think as people interact, like if I'm talking to somebody who's in the trans community right now and I'm having a conversation about, I can't believe, you know, my parents, whatever, like understanding cultural conscience points is a, it's a very important thing to understand that I can ask something of three different people that is the same thing, but it lands infinitely more difficult or harder on some Mm -hmm. of them than others. Sure. So, for example, I could also go to most 85-year-old men and say, will you come to church with me? And they'll say, sure. But if I go to an 18-year-old kid and say, will you come to church with me? The church for them is like, what do you mean go to church with me? Why why do I need to go to church? This is like the the great Satan and evil of our modern age, oppressing women, and and the Bible is foolish. And and, and it's the same question, but it lands generationally Mm -hmm. in different different ways. The way truth claims are made, the older you are— uh, a truth can't claim can be just be made. The younger you are, you want it to be suggested. You, you want know? to be and, suggested and, and then and it has now, to prove itself. Here's part of the challenge, right? I'm kind of in this middle generation. I don't know what Gen Z is going to do with all of this social stuff yet. It's, it, you know, the jury's out on that. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know how p- politics and law is going to change this because law does enable morality. And yes. So depending on what happens in the does. legal system, that'll change some of the culture et cetera, as the left gets cr- like crazier, more liberal, you may find that there is a, a, a swing over to the right and mm-hmm. some things. We'll see. Um, Nike's pushing pushing some limits with their Colin Kaepernick ad, you know, and and so organizations are, are just pushing and they're trying to see how far uh, the, the masses will let it go. And mm-hmm. this is a very tenuous, tenuous time. But I think for people to understand just generationally, these questions are landing very differently. And so an 18-year-old trans kid um, would probably hate you, tolerate me, and yep. feel loved by the 18-year-old Christian yes. who flips the question on its head and said, why should we not call them what they want? Like, mm-hmm. isn't it rude to be that mean to them? If this is their autonomy, sure. like in an 18-year-old kid's mind, your autonomy, you are able to impose your autonomy on me. Mm. And if you're liberal, like th- this is the the cultural language, you have every right to impose on me. But as a conservative, I have no, no rights right. to impose on you. Yeah. 
Now, that may be illogical, but that is that the is cultural the re- conscience. That's a cultural reality. Correct. Now, they're not articulating it like that. No. And so one of my desires is, is to say, it's kind of not fair, yeah. you know? <laughs> but, <laughs> yep. but understanding, right, that in your culture, the conservative imposes his reality or her reality on the liberal. Now, the liberals have the ability to impose their reality back onto the mm-hmm. conservatives. It has changed. And understanding these tension points is going to be really important. So what you did, which I appreciated, is you were giving like an honest, hey, here's how I feel about it. And I don't know. I actually like you can say what you feel about it. I can say what I feel about it. But until you're kind of in the moment, you know, at that moment, we both have to ask the question. Do we want to fight? Yeah. Do we want to fight? You know, or do we want to to build a rapport? Right. I'll tell you what is actually if if I were 18 years old, if I'm 30 years old and I'm a trans transgender person, and I meet the 70-year-old man who I know in his heart of hearts is opposed to this. Mm-hmm. And he, he against against his like, like emotions sure. and whatever, still calls me by my pronouns. Uh-huh. In theory, I feel like I should appreciate that more yeah. that yeah. that person's willing to like do that. Unfortunately, I think on both levels, there's just a lack of empathy, you mm-hmm. know, like uh, an 18-year-old or 30-year-old trans person will never understand what it means to grow up as a World War II vet Not or a all. Korean War vet nope. or a Vietnam War. They just have no categories nope. of this life experience and how much it shapes you yeah. and vice versa. I don't care. I, even I, I have no categories to be five years old and to be in a kindergarten class where kindergarten teachers are teaching me about LGBTQ issues in yeah. the classroom. Like, I don't even I don't even have experience to put my brain to have those be the formative discussions. Well, even even you know you're you're using the 18 year old. The 18 year old was one year old as of 9/11. Right. They have no idea what this country went through yep. 18 years ago or Absolutely. 17 years ago. And I remember you know what it did to our country it's and crazy. how we felt. Yeah, it was insane. And and. Pearl Harbor, Vietnam, yeah. 9-11. I mean, you get on the line and there are these cultural shaping moments in what is in, in, a, in an era over the last, you know, 17 years when there has been no war fought on our turf, yeah. not a mass. I mean, the, many men and women have lost their lives, but but not, not like on, yeah. not like in World War One, II, Korean sure. War, Vietnam. We haven't had that, right? right. Um, it hasn't been on our soil um, since 9-11, Pearl Harbor, et cetera. The biggest things that we've been worrying about has been sexuality and gender. These yeah. are the major cultural formations shaping. But on the other hand, do we really want our, our country to go to war? And do we really want our kids to know what it feels like to lose their dad and grandpa or their cousins, or their aunts, or no, uncles, I, and their friends no, to be I, drafted? I, no, I mean, I know you don't. But yeah, like, don't. it's it's like a, when you don't have a war to fight, <laughs> you, you, you come you, up with other you things. You come up with other things to fight. And, yeah. that, and that's and then, kind of what's happening here. Sadly, it's internal. Yep. So, I mean, big picture is I think you and I both have, we come from different places, different cultures, different cities, different families, Mm -hmm. different experiences, different different ages, everything, different (laughs) ages, different generations, different cultural uh, formation points, conscience points. I think I can say for both of us, um, I would never, I don't care who the person is, transgendered or not. If you leave my presence feeling disrespected and unloved, I've probably not done a good job. Agree. Or maybe benefit of the doubt to me, maybe you're just a really angry person yeah. and it doesn't matter what I do, you're going to be upset. Yep. Either way though, like I want to make sure I, I bear the burden to be as loving as I possibly can. And at the same time, not violate my conscience mm-hmm. nor the word of God. Yep. That conscience point though, that is, that's where I would look at everybody and say, just be tender and yeah. empathetic and sensitive 
to different people's and different generations' conscience more. Sure. Good enough? Good enough. I hope our listeners appreciated what we had to say. We've got another doozy of a question, Michael, coming up next time, and it is, how can Village Church pursue greater diversity in the African-American community? Mm-hmm.